And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you'll get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. Going to be riding solo on this one and taking a little bit of time to discuss the Colorado Rockies one to nothing loss to the San Diego Padres in a really, really well pitched ball game by everybody that took the mound out there tonight for both teams. Just ended up coming down to one of those games somebody was going to have to win or lose, obviously, right? Uh, There's not a ton to dive into here because Neither team got a whole lot going. I'll I'll try to focus in on sort of the big moments of the game. Therefore, and and I'll answer Joseph's question here to begin, because it really was my biggest one, which was why Estevez again? Now, I am not, Estevez has had a couple of real tough luck big innings go against him recently. And and I am not of the mind that he is a problem as a pitcher. In fact, I, I still think that he is one of the four guys in the Rockies bullpen that you've got to have the most trust in moving forward. Now he's probably very comfortably in, in fourth place, but I think that that's where he is. And, and when he's fully rested, that's fine. I thought that Dodger series, mostly terrible luck got the best of him, but He's pitched so much lately, I think it was highly, highly questionable. And since I see the question coming in here early, and I've, I've just got to answer it when it's asked, Sean, you can get this shirt at dnvrlocker.com. And you can get discounts on them sometimes, though I don't think there's one right now for this one, if you're a member of the DNVR. But we often do discounts on the shirts. We have a, a deal every week for a different piece of merch that we do. This is my favorite one with all of the, the team logos in it. Uh, for technically it's for the the Denver sports podcast that we do every Friday where all the sports beats get together and talk. Hopefully everyone listens into that. Anyway, back to the game. Very questionable. I thought now Estevez came out still pumping in 97, 98. Uh, Looking or being gassed did not appear to be his problem. I will just say I agree with you, Joseph, in that I questioned it the moment that it happened simply because, one, I thought, you know, Givens very easily could have gone back out there for another one. Uh, And two, 
Estevez has pitched so much lately, three of the last four ball games, now four of the last five ball games. I just figured he he wasn't going to be used. In fact, early in the broadcast on the AT&T Sports Network, I think Drew Goodman said uh, that they didn't even expect Estevez to be available tonight. Um, now, I'm not surprised that he was available, and I know that he's a workhorse and Mud Black trusts him. And again, he was pumping in his stuff, and both of the hits that he gave up were, again, kind of tough luck. It may sound like I'm making excuses for the guy, but you can go in and launch angles and, and, and expected batting averages on all this stuff. Like, he, he didn't get hit hard. Uh, he made his pitch to Greg Garcia, who just happened to hit it away from the shift. Right. And the ball that Jerkson Profar hit was 75 miles an hour off the bat. The thing I didn't like there was pitch selection. He threw him a changeup. That's what Profar got. And, and Profar was out on his front foot and, and didn't put a confident swing on it. He just happened to get it well enough. It landed down the right field line. Again, it's it wasn't, you know, it, it was a good hit from Profar, but it wasn't a terrible pitch from Estevez, except that he threw the changeup when he'd been blowing him away with the fastball. And and I just don't think Profar was going to be able to catch up with a well-located Carlos Estevez fastball. And if he could have kept it low, I think he's going to pound it in the ground for a double play, a likely double play. Could also get through for a single and then, you know, you're first and third there. But the, the Rockies' defense is really what cost them there in the ninth, not not their their defense like uh, ability, their defensive setup, how they were set up. If they're set up normally on the Greg Garcia play and not in a shift, he's out at first. He's not even on base, and they don't have their super speedster who can't do apparently anything else but just run the blazes extraordinarily well. Uh, they don't have him available to do that. And then again, even if Garcia still does that great piece of hitting. Uh, on the changeup down and in and puts it to right field. The Rockies are lined up normally in the outfield. It may still be a double, but it's not going to score the guy all the way from first either. So, you know, Estevez is just eating it right now. Uh, He'll be fine. He'll get back to what he was doing the last three years. Uh, I've got no, no qualms about that because again, he's still bringing the stuff. And when you have that kind of stuff, eventually you get your outs. But that still doesn't mean that he should have been pitching in that spot in the game there tonight. But, Will, I I think you point out the more important thing. It's really not about the pitching. You can hyper-focus on that all you want. But when nobody scores until the very last play of the game, um, you know, a lot of it, you, you, you can blame the offense to some extent. Uh, though I will say Denilson Lamette pitched a phenomenal baseball game. He was absolutely fantastic. And so, you know, they had their chances against the bullpen. They they really should have made some things happen there late. But beyond that, it was really just an extraordinarily well-pitched game from both Kyle Freeland and Denilson Lamette, and the results showed it. In fact, the Rockies hit Lamette better than the Padres hit Freeland. McMahon had that screamer off the wall that was about a foot away from being a home run. 
Trevor Story had one that short hopped the wall on a sinker that got in on him at like 99 miles an hour that was in off the plate that somehow Trevor Story managed to turn and drive into the left center field gap for a double. But left center field is not where you want to hit it if you're, if you're trying to get a, a trip around the bases there in San Diego. So a little bit of tough luck there, but also just an extraordinarily well-pitched ball game. And, and it came down to that that final moment. There, There's really not much more to it. It was almost an absolute disaster if they had lost in the seventh inning with everything that had gone on there with Yancy Almonte. Um, I should say around Yancy Almonte. None of that was Yancy Almonte's fault. Nolan Arenado with the throwing error. Um, Tony Walters getting all mixed up during what was a botched double steal um, where he really should have gotten the out at third, at least an out at second, but instead gave the Padres an extraordinary advantage with runners at second and third and only one out for Manny Machado. Um, Well, actually it was for Fernando Tatis, um, who Almonte wisely sort of worked around there and then was able to get a little bit of luck going the Rockies way on that one because Machado scorched that ball. Though he should have been out. He should have been called out on strikes right before that on a pitch that Almonte didn't get. Almonte just could not catch a break that inning until the very final play when Machado hit that screamer at, at Arenado, who made a phenomenal throw. I think I saw the, the stat cast on. It was like 84 miles an hour with no kind of buildup, like on a catch and land and throw uh, back to first base to double off Tatis Jr. And so, you know, that if that had been the inning where the Padres had won the game, you'd be out there saying the Rockies beat themselves. That was terrible. Uh, you'd feel really awful about it. As it goes, good piece of hitting against a solid pitch comes after, uh, you know, a break was going to happen one way or another eventually. Goes the Padres' way there in the ninth. But as we've seen now on this entire road trip, the Rockies continuing to play good baseball. Obviously, you want to see more out of the offense. But again, you can't just say stuff like that in a vacuum. Like, Lamette was ridiculous tonight. He no one was going to put up a bunch of runs against this guy. Could they maybe have figured out a way to scratch a few out? You know, I, I see people asking about should Fuentes have been in there over Daniel Murphy. Y'all know my opinion on that already. I've been I've I've made it as clear as I possibly can. More Fuentes, less less Murphy. But I don't think putting in a rookie right hander who's known more for his defense, who's um, you know, he's swinging a nice bat right now, but I don't think if you put Fuentes in, it's the magical cure against uh, what this kid had going tonight. Um, you know, tough break for McMahon, hitting the ball 102 miles an hour and up into the air and ended up with a, a single out of it. And the game-winning hit was 75-mile-an-hour blooper into right field. Um Those are the games you don't mind losing. Those are the games that they weren't playing when everyone was rightfully freaking out over the terrible stretch, right? Because 
it, it evolved from good losses into ugly bad losses into a monstrosity of an embarrassing loss and then it turned all around like immediately right they came back they beat the giants then they go out la play good games in all three very easily could have swept the dodgers start out here tonight and you're looking at a ball game where one or two breaks go your way that mcmahon ball gets out that story ball gets out Either Estevez makes a better pitch there or or you leave in Givens, you go to Bard. Again, I think that's very fair critique. I'm not trying to to let Bud Black off the hook for that when I point out that I, I still think Carlos Estevez is going to be a productive pitcher for the Colorado Rockies this season. That was just a bad spot to put, to put the kid in, I, I think. Um, but beyond that, what are you going to do? You know, it's, it's a good, really good baseball game. That was that was an extra, extremely well played baseball game. Except as I mentioned there in the seventh, when the Rockies made two very strange mistakes that they were lucky didn't end up costing them the game. Something else ended up costing them the game. Um, playing well and and you build confidence on that. Obviously. The big thing here, the the one guy that we've got to uh, tip our cap to the most, and I don't I don't have a Breck Brew. I've I've had plenty lately. It was time for a <laughs> it was time for a little bit of a a break for me from the Breck Brew. Just just a one day, just taking it off for just a minute here. Uh, but uh, so so I don't have a, a toast my glass to Freeland, but I, I and I don't have a hat either. So I don't know what to, I usually tip my cap or toast my glass. I've got neither. But Kyle Freeland, after going innings his last time out and just getting rocked, having nothing. And the time before that, he'd been really iffy too. Not terrible, just just iffy. And then all of his other starts before that, quality start Kyle, right? Then two kind of off the wagon. I don't think that's quite the right phrase here, but it works if you make it. And And then... And then this, six innings, shutout baseball, three hits, all of them singles, nothing hit extraordinarily well or hard, not a ton of confident swings by the Padres. Again, uh, a little bit of bad fortune to get into the one real jam. He was there in the fifth, probably uncorked his best pitch of the season so far in a two-strike slider to Manny Machado. Yeah, runners at second and third. That was huge. Absolutely huge there to keep it scoreless. That was a beautiful pitch, too. Just really a slider that started on the inner half of the plate. Looked like a fastball cut really, really late. Dove at the back foot. Um, they they call that the Hall of Fame pitch. If you can execute a back foot slider that looks like a fastball on the inside part of the plate that long to big power guys who feast on inside fastballs like Nolan Arenado does, like we saw Trevor Story do tonight, like Manny Machado has done throughout his career. And in in a spot where he needed a strikeout, and he's not a strikeout pitcher uh, primarily, we know that. Kyle Freeland went to a slider that was just filthy. And, and seeing him do that with confidence means good things, again, for your Rockies moving forward, whether or not they can make noise this year or – you know, Kyle Freeland's going to be around for a while, and every positive sign out of him is a really positive sign for your Rockies. 
And I think we can, again, pretty confidently say he's put his disaster of a 2019 season firmly, firmly behind him. He is your draft king of the game. Again, remember to use that uh, the, the the promo code. What is it again? The promo code DNVR over at DraftKings when you're hooking up with all of those bets. You're betting on who's going to be the next draft king of the game. Had to be Kyle Freeland, though. You, you've got to give a an honorable mention to both Yancy Almonte and Michael Gibbons. I mean, it was just uh, and you could go over to the other side and give honorable mentions to uh, at least one to Lamette as well. When you're throwing 99 all over the place like he was, there were a couple of times he was effectively wild as well. Uh, but he just didn't give the Rockies mistakes to hit. Maybe made in the strike zone. Now, he threw some pitches way out of the zone. Every once in a while, he'd just spike one. But in the zone, Lamette made maybe four mistakes tonight. Nolan got a hanger right in the middle of the plate that he just missed. That's the only one that stands out in my mind as a, you know, usually you're going to see 10, 12 of those games for both teams where there's a pitch down the middle and, and the guy just fouls it right back to the, uh, you know, the backstop or he, it's a screamer, right? at well, Machado hit a screamer at a, right at the third baseman, but that wasn't a bad pitch either, but you're going to see that. Right. And there just wasn't really for either team tonight. Where's the I'm gonna take a look at the hard hit balls from Statcast. Really not very many. The Padres had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hard hit balls in the game. The Rockies had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven hard hit balls in the game. I mean, that that's <laughs> that's what we saw, right? A near stalemate. And then it didn't even come down to hard hit balls. It came down to hit them where they ain't away from the shift ball game. Uh, if they respond the way they did in the Dodgers series, they can still very much win this one. As I've said, they don't need to win this series. You got to try to grab a game here and you got to play good baseball in all three of them. Keep your confidence level high. At some point, Nolan's going to go off. And so will this team ride along with them. Until then, keep everybody else where they're at right now. Uh, I'm going to make this one a short one. For those of you listening to the podcast, hang out. Got a few more things I want to talk about on the other side. For those of you catching us here on the live, just want to say thank you so much for doing so. If you're not catching us on the live, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and hit that bell icon because you'll get a notification whenever we do go live, which is after every single Rockies game win, lose, cancel it, whatever. We've gone live after everyone. I've been here for all but one. Oh, Joseph, sorry, I didn't see your question. Um, yes, <laughs> I'll just say I do think the Rockies are going to make a bunch of more moves in this offseason, especially if they continue to play well, get themselves comfortably into the playoffs and end the season feeling good about themselves. Uh, the thing, just, there's moves to be made. Uh, there's money that will be available that hasn't been available before that was going to people like Brian Shaw and Jake McGee and Wade Davis and Ian Desmond and Daniel Murphy. Even if those guys are still on the team, they'll be making dramatically less money, Murphy and Desmond, and it's possible neither are. Um, whatever it is, it, it's not a money problem anymore. It's just a roster spot problem. So they'll have money to spend. Uh, they'll have players to trade if they want. 
Um, yes, I think the Rockies will be very active in the offseason if they finish the season well. So stick with us. Let's see what happens. Like I said, if you're listening to the podcast, hang out for just a minute. We're going to have some conversation on the other side. If you're joining us here for the live, thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, it was a tough one, but baseball will happen again tomorrow, and we will see you for that. Before we get into talking about the second game in this series, we got to talk a little bit about rugby because it is an up-and-coming sport. It's a whole lot of fun, and it's new home for the whole sport in at least the United States. <laughs> not, not in the world, no, no. But in the United States, right here in Colorado at Infinity Park in Glendale, the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams, making Colorado the place for rugby in the United States. you got to get up to date on all of this stuff with our guy Colton Strickler running the DNVR Rugby podcast and the DNVR Rugby Twitter account. you got to get on board with all of this stuff because Colorado is about to be the epicenter of a sports movement, and you want to be a part of that Especially, you know, it's been a rough year for Colorado sports. We got them back. Things aren't going super great. Terrible news for the Broncos. Uh, Avalanche season ending before you'd expect to. The Nuggets in a tough spot. Obviously, the Rockies doing what they're doing. Go ahead and throw some rugby in there for your uh, attention. Maybe they'll they'll help you out a little bit and get, get a little more positive momentum into your sports watching life. You got to check them out. At the, again, at the DNVR Rugby Podcast and on Twitter, I promise you if you're a newcomer, you're still going to find yourself having a whole lot of fun. And I've got to remind everybody to get your teeth taken care of over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Located in Lakewood, they are the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro. They're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. They will take care of your teeth. They'll talk to you about sports. They'll make sure that you've got a nice, comfortable environment to be taken care of in. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you will receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Make sure you tweet at us when you go there because those things are no joke. They will make sure that your mouth health is at its top notch. Man, they treat you like family there. They send you birthday cards, stuff like that. It's really a great place to make your family, dentistry, individual, whatever it may be. They're a longtime DMVR partner. They show us a ton of love. So if you show them some love, it really does go a long ways. They're just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Check them out. And again, let us know that you went by so we can say what's up. All right. And now with Patrick Lyons in tow, let's get to talking about game two of this Padres series. Well, game two of this San Diego Padres series is in the books, Patrick, and it was another really ugly one for the Colorado Rockies after a string of good baseball games, a 14-5 to loss to the Padres, 10 runs scoring in the first 1.2 innings or 1.1 innings, I think, on uh, Chichi Gonzalez and Jose Mujica, who I suppose, if nothing else, put on a perfect display of the polar opposite of the absolute worst kinds of pitching that you can possibly see at the major league level. I was uh, I, I was honestly blown away. 
by how terrible the both of them pitch. And, and I feel a little bad, obviously, for Mujica being thrown into his major league debut here in a really tight spot. But basically, Chichi Gonzalez couldn't throw a strike. And Jose Mujica couldn't stay away from right down the very middle of the zone. Uh, so for all the people going, why don't you just throw a strike? Well, you have to do a little bit better than that. And, and Mujica showed you how and why. Uh, and, and just an absolute nightmare, Patrick, that there, there's almost no way to recover from that. You know, I, I see a, pe- a lot of people out there saying big things about the organization again, as they do in in these sort of embarrassing losses and i understand and it's not the only one this year but look man eight position players went out there and played a baseball game and had nothing to do nothing to do with how embarrassing this game was and most of the guys who typically pitch out of the rockies bullpen had nothing to do and most of the guys who typically start games for the rockies had nothing to do with how bad this game went but still chi chi can't do that it it was a very good ball game up until the point that chi chi took the mound <laughs> yeah. yeah that yeah the three run jack from nolan in the first feels it was, it was a, great no, it was yeah. precisely what you wanted to see you know nolan dropped down you know we saw him there again batting fourth you know behind blackman and came through in the clutch and uh and then chi chi took the mound and you know what if if we are going to try to find some silver linings. There were a few there in the game, and one of them quite possibly could be that despite the fact that Jose Mujica gave up a grand slam on the second pitch of his Major League debut and the fact he gave up six earned runs, he did not get the loss in tonight's game. So that's not so bad? That's that's something... That's a thing. It's something. I suppose. Now, I mean, if, if, if you're looking for real silver linings, the, there were two of them. One was that Nolan Arenado had a good game and hit the ball hard twice. And he looked good, and he looked locked in. And the other was that they put up four runs against Mike Clevenger, like, which yes. is, generally speaking, very good. You know, you, get, you, you do that on a night when you're getting Kyle Freeland or Herman Marquez – and you're sitting there feeling really good about yourselves. Uh, getting four against Clevenger is huge. Um, but, you know, it, it's just hard to focus in on those kinds of things when the game goes the way that it did. But yeah, Positive signs from the offense. For sure. I, I think he probably would have had a sixth inning in there if he needed to. Only had thrown 84 pitches. But, you know, with last night's game going the way it did, I, I think, you know, Padres manager Jace Tingler just maybe wanted to get some of those other guys, you know, some some opportunities. Uh, Adrian Morhone is is one great example of that, where this guy, you know, is is going to be a starter for this team going forward. But currently, right now, the way that the the rotation shakes out, I mean, he he doesn't have a spot, and, and you got to see just how good uh, of a young ball player, one of two Cuban-born ball players on this team. In fact, I think they were both signed. Um, during the international signing period in 2016. So the Padres, you know, have done a nice job kind of highlighting that, 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 that Cuban talent. And, and, yeah, you know, doing what they were able to do uh, against Clevenger, I think, you know, is, is pretty important, especially, you know, if the Rockies are, are going to make a run in the postseason, 
they're going to have to do it either against the Dodgers, which, okay, they took two out of three. That, that The game on Sunday night was phenomenal. Um, or they're going to have to do it against the San Diego Padres. So, you know, they're going to they're going to be seeing those same teams that they've been playing again in the postseason if this team is legit. And we said going into it that, hey, if you can take two out of the six, you're going to be all right. And, you know, you, you hope that they can pull out a victory Wednesday night with Sensatella on the hill. If not, you kind of got what you hoped for. Not in the way you hoped, but you, you did get two out of the six. So... Even if they can salvage the, the final game of the series, I think that will be overall a, a successful road trip for these Colorado Rockies. Interesting note that I just got here. Um, media relations didn't make any players available. We'll have players pregame tomorrow. No, no explanation why there, and I'm not going to speculate whatsoever. But an interesting note. Uh to be sure. And, and yeah, Patrick, back to your point, if the Colorado Rockies can figure out a way for the remainder of the season to play more games, uh, the caliber of which they did in LA and the first game of this series in San Diego. Uh, and, and therefore that'll get them back into the playoffs. They won't be sending Chichi Gonzalez or Jose Mujica or Antonio Santos to the mound in any of those games. Normally, when you go to your stopgap guys, you're you're hoping to get a couple of innings out of them. You're not expecting them to be perfect, but you're certainly not expecting this. Uh, and and so there's only so much you can do uh, again with a game like this. Like we said after the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad, embarrassing loss to the San Francisco Giants, they might just turn around and win the next game. And not only did they do that, then they went out to L.A. and won the next series. Uh, so you can't get carried away with analysis about this game other than, you know, the people who were saying, you know, John Gray w- was a major problem. Again, you understand how quickly these games can get away from you. You have to find a way to get outs. And even John Gray giving up six or seven runs over five innings at Coors Field to a hot Arizona Diamondbacks lineup doesn't bury your ball club the way walking the bases loaded and then hitting the first guy to bring in the first run after you've taken a 3-0 lead does, and then handing the ball to a rookie. That buries your ball club in a way worse way than anything we see out of the typical starters. And so... Uh, you know, Chi-Chi just hasn't had it this year. Um, and, and I think we're going to see fewer and fewer of these guys at the bottom of the pitching depth chart as Bud Black's going to need to start managing with more desperation to get these games. Yeah, and speaking of, of burials, I mean, it, it wasn't even just a rookie. We're talking about a kid who had, had never, you know, pl- pitched in the majors, uh, was was a career minor leaguer to that point. Again, he's he's only 24 years old, but... You know, was in the minor leagues for six plus seasons. This was his first game as a professional since 2018, since having Tommy John surgery. So this was a right. real tough spot. That right. it was almost a no-win situation. And you know, maybe you say, well, why not Santos instead of Mujica? You know, Mujica could have just been the first guy up. That that was part of the game plan. Is okay, we're That's going Mujica guess. over yeah. Santos. You know, and and, and Santos 
you know, pitched really well, you know, had um, three shutout innings before that, that, that final little uh, outburst there, Myers hitting his second home run of the game. Uh, and so Santos was just a little bit gassed, but he showed a lot more than in his day. Again, you have a, what a career one game pitch between the guys that, that come in after Chichi. I mean, that's how beat up the bullpen is and Jairo Diaz two shutout innings. So yeah. again, you know, the, the Padres had taken their regulars out of the ball game and whatnot. So obviously that you take that with a grain of salt, but if you're looking for some positives, there are, are definitely some there, but it definitely begs the question, you know, I think if, if John Gray is in back, uh, in the relative, you know, near future in the next week, I think it's September 18th is the first game where they'll, they'll need a fifth start because they'll be off on Thursday and then they're off again on Monday. So they won't really need that fifth starter until yeah. Friday night against the Dodgers. Is that Chi Chi again? Is that does Santos earn a start or does Ryan Rollison deserve a start? Yeah, I, I heard a little Ryan Rollison buzz today. Uh, he's being talked about. That that's going. I, yeah, give me that at this point. Uh, I I don't think I don't think Chichi Gonzalez can make another start this year. And you know we've we've talked to Chichi uh, a lot in the clubhouse. No one he's we awesome. love talking to Chichi. He's he's, he's he's one of the best. And his story, you know, man, he's had a tough go of it. He's had some injury troubles. You know, he, he had a ton of pedigree for a reason. The guy works his ass off. Uh, through a, a lot of hard times, and I'm sure he'll uh, try to figure out a way to to bounce back from this. But right now, it's just like you—that is the worst possible thing for a for a pitcher to do in that situation. Worse than than getting knocked around. The only other game I could think of in the last since I've been covering the team, so seven years, where I saw a, a pitching performance like that was out of Adam Adovino in 2017 in a game against the Dodgers uh, where he walked the bases loaded and threw a couple of wild pitches and you just don't, you don't make them earn it at all. And, and, and that's what kills you when they don't have to earn it. And they really didn't against Chi Chi out there. So he's looked okay out of the bullpen actually this year. And I, and I wouldn't, you know, be against again, if he would have been the second guy you handed the ball to tonight, uh, you know, the command issues, there's only so much you can do about that, but um yeah, just just stay away from him in, in those starts and and do what you can. If you've got a piecemeal one together, hand the ball to Ryan Rollison. Be ready to go to maybe Jeff Hoffman instead of again. I don't like that. That's that's the one thing for the people who who always want to go hard in on Bud Black, and I very rarely do because I don't think he makes nearly as many mistakes as a lot of other people do. I don't understand going to Mujica there tonight. I think you're right that it was probably part of the like pregame game plan. Like he was the guy on the chart, but why? Because if he's coming in, he's coming in a blowout and that's a, you know, that, but it wasn't quite like, you're still trying to save the game at that point. The game was in hand. It wasn't a blowout. So the idea that he would be first, like use Hiro there or, or, or Tyler Kinley or, or someone that just with some stuff, but who you've used before. So I, I really didn't like that. Uh, not only that, but it, it just puts him in such a horrible place to start his major league career. And it, it, it could take him a while to wash that game off. Um, and if it doesn't, then tip of the cap to his mental fortitude. Uh, it would take me a while to wash that thing off, but 
that, that's my big gripe from anybody other than just the two pitchers who didn't have it tonight is why Mujica, why there, why not go to a more established player on your roster and try to keep that game from turning into what it turned into? Yes, certainly you could have had a you know pseudo opener type move where maybe you throw Jairo Diaz in there yeah. just to kind of get out of that. You know he's he's had his moments you know pitching you know relatively well with with runners on base and you can kind of minimize the damage just a little bit and then you go ahead and and you give Mujica maybe a little bit more time to get you know warmed up because you know you're probably splitting hairs between Santos and Mujica because again. There, there's one game of, of experience difference between those two guys. It's only after we saw what Santos was able to do. You go, oh, man, that would have been the guy to go to first. So so maybe you do something like that. You're right. You, you just you mix it up. And if you have that much confidence, Mujica, then you know who's to say he doesn't go out and, and have almost a, a Chi-Chi-like performance from when he did last September sure. against the Dodgers. Right. Right? Like that was... That was a, a fantastic – that was the moment that you said, wow, Chi-Chi is definitely in the hunt for that fifth starter spot. And and to go back to this idea that, you know, hey, what can Bud Black do? You know, Bud Black is is given the roster um, from up above, from, from the GM, and there were definite depth concerns with the rotation going into this, this year. You know, I think um, two years ago it was a lot stronger, and that being said, they – or I should say last year, I thought their their rotation was stronger than 2018. 2018, I thought they needed to add some depth. Uh, they added Brett Oberholzer, so they didn't really add that depth. But as it turned out, they didn't need it. There's a name for you. Yeah. But they, they didn't need it. And then last year, they There's did need the that help, depth. Yeah. And yeah. it just, you know, it just wasn't very good. But this year, it was as if, you know, the depth was all centered around Peter Lambert. And then as soon as he goes down, you know, you have to, bring up Ryan Castellani, who has been who's been very good. Right? Yeah. From from what we had, you know, kind of seen of him in the last three years, you're you're not sure what you're gonna get out of him. You hope for something average, mediocre perhaps, but he's uh he's actually exceeded expectations, I think, in a lot of ways. And then you got the Hoffman, Chi Chi, who you you think, hey, let's roll the die on those guys. One of them has to stick. And right now you're sitting with, you know, three starters because because Gray is out, and you you almost have nobody to be your fifth starter. And it's yeah. just, you, you don't know, you, you have no other options to go to other than other players that have yet to make their major league debut. Maybe Ashton Godot gets that opportunity. Maybe, but, maybe yeah. I don't think Jesus Tinoco is, uh, you know, now that they've <laughs> got him back in the fold, you can convert him into a starter. And, and I can do it, yeah, yeah. Him. There's yeah, just no way you can not. do that. So there's so there's some you know serious depth issues right now with the roster. And again, if you get into the playoffs and your four horses are healthy, you're okay. But until that point, Ryan Castellani is now your fourth, and right. you don't have a fifth. Right. Until there. until Gray gets back, yeah, you're yeah you're you're in that tough spot there. So that's that's all they 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 need him back. And you know you. You look next year and you go, man, having Lambert and Castellani battling each other out for sixth spot in the rotation would, uh, sounds great, but you know, they're not there yet. They got to figure out something in the meantime. And so, uh, yeah, they, 
They just don't have it. Maybe they, they could do. But again, like you said, the schedule means that they really don't have to figure it out for yet. I, I would I, I maybe even go to an opener type thing. Uh, but for whatever reason, Jeff Hoffman and Chichi Gonzalez, when you hand them the ball to start a game, just seem to be completely different pitchers than when you hand them a ball even just a couple of innings into that game. They've both been way better as relievers, especially lately. So maybe give the ball to Hiro or or Michael Givens or or somebody. You need him for later in the inning. Carlos Estevez has been in a weird funk. Give the ball to Carlos Estevez to start a game and then hand it to Jeff Hoffman or or one of these guys. You know, the next time you need a fifth rotation. I really thought they were going to to use an opener this year with the abbreviated schedule and kind of the the lack of a the fifth starter emerging after Lambert, you know, went down and, and same with Chi went down and, and kinda, you know, had a rough start to his season. I, I really thought that was going to be the option. And as as you mentioned, Chi Chi and Jeff Hoffman, they are kind of collectively the Wizard of Oz. And man, in short spurts you're you're running scared because that's the Wizard of Oz, and then as soon as you get up close and and personal with those guys, you pull back the curtain and you go, oh no, no, no not not quite. So, uh, you know, when is Ralston's ETA? I mean, was it September first? Was it was it August twenty fifth? Was it August fifteenth? I don't no. know, but it uh, we're we're already past the. Not the expiration date, but he's canned and he's ready to go. Put him on a shelf. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to see Ryan Rawlison. And, and Joseph, I see you asking the question about going after pitching help. I, that's obviously, you know, for next season. There's nothing they can do about the, the roster for the rest of this year. Literally. Yeah, I guess picking up guys off of the, the waiver wire stuff, like they added a couple of relievers, but you can sign dudes who are just out there. But none of those dudes are coming to, to save your ball club or, or to pitch awesome or do anything. Going into next year, yes, they, they've actually got a lot of – now, again, remember, starting pitchers don't come in from outside the Colorado Rockies organization come in here and fix it. At best, you're hoping for someone to be okay, and it can cost a lot to get that guy in here to do it. Maybe making some trades to refill your farm system, maybe the top of the farm system, develop some guy like they did with Herman Marquez. They, they traded for Marquez when he was a minor leaguer. Uh, but he had made his major league debut for the Rockies within a year, maybe a year and a half of them acquiring him. And, you know, they has managed to come up through their system and through and, and cost them much. And they, they can do all that. That's the kind of thing you want to do, but you're not going to go out and get, because whoever you like out there, that's got a, a 380 ERA that you want to go and, and just put on the Rockies to, to slide them in there. Like that's Kyle Kendrick waiting to happen. And that's Jeremy Guthrie waiting to happen all over again. They've, they've played that out so many times and you can't just go get somebody else's starter. These guys are going to have to figure it out to some extent. You can try to get that depth. Patrick's right. You, you've got to address the depth to some extent, um, but not through the big free agency signing. I just don't think that's the way you do it. At starting pitcher, anyway. Yeah, I know there's a lot of money coming off the books, so you know you you might be able to to go out and, and nab somebody and and overpay. But you know we the Rockies saw what that was like uh, with Brett Anderson, right? Then they give him ten million dollars right. for one yeah. year, and again that's a small sample. Another example, one player in one year, but 
again, if you were I knew two others though. <laughs> yeah, but but if you can, but you know, you're you're spending that kind of money and, and relying on a guy that obviously you know means you have depth issues, and now all of a sudden, if a guy you're you're paying to be your number three starter is is just done like that and, and just can't handle it, now you're 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 back where you started. So there's no such right. thing as a bad one year contract, but. <clears throat> Hmm. There's there's a bad use of those funds, as you said. Acquire some lower level talent. Maybe even you know take a contract of a veteran guy who's who's a little bit overpaid, and you say, all right, well I'll I'll eat some of that contract. You know, um, you know we can work out something. Maybe acquire a prospect at the same time. You can definitely get creative. Jeff Breidich is intelligent enough to be creative to make a move like that, and it's it's actually a little surprising we haven't seen more transactions of that nature since the Marquez deal. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll definitely be interesting to watch going forward. But, you know, like you said, I mean, imagine how much worse you'd feel about the Chi Chi Gonzalez performance tonight. If he was also making $10 million <laughs> and that's it happened before for this team yeah. uh, on several occasions. So um, yeah, the, the only guy out there, obviously who had a great game or a really good game for your Colorado Rockies was the draft King of the game. Nolan Arenado. Remember to use that promo code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook when you're doing all your cool, fun, crazy good sports betting. But um, yeah, you can't ever bet on something like that to happen. <laughs> if you took the over on on this one, yeah, yeah, at I'm, Petco. Yeah, yeah. This is a pitcher's ballpark, folks. That's right. That's right. A day after. There yeah. wasn't a run scored until the final play of the game. And then there's eight scored in the first inning the next day. Yeah. 13 scored total within the first two innings. Two. Yeah. Just some craziness. But like you said, the Rockies can still steal a game out of this series to make a very successful road trip and give themselves momentum uh, to come back home try to get onto a more favorable part of the schedule, try to get some momentum going into what they hope will be a playoff run though. Did, am I looking at it now? Do they, I think they slipped right out of it. Right. So they're well, what's, what's funny is that, you know, when I was looking at the upcoming series, I knew the angels were coming to town because, Hey, that's, that's always exciting to see Mike Trout at Coors field. Yeah. And I look in the standings and what was once the worst team in the American league, goes on a five six game winning streak and you go oh great yeah of course yeah. that makes sense yeah. yeah and they they didn't even trade away a lot of their you know biggest pieces of course jason castro um we got to see uh, for san diego there but dylan bundy still still, still hanging around for the yeah. angels their their ace pitcher he should probably be going this weekend and uh and the a's are i'm sure looking to exact a little bit of revenge from that two game sweep so now they're they're coming to Coors Field. And then after that, oh, you know, four games against the L.A. Dodgers. And then after that, it's one week until the end of the season. Here we are already. Yeah. I know. Here we go. Well, we'll be here for all that. So make sure you're following us on all the social media, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You're subscribed to the DNVR.com so that you don't miss out on any of that written content. You're hanging out with us on all the podcast feeds, including the Denver Sports Podcast. Got to check out the gaming podcast. That's been a whole 
a lot of fun doing that. And you got to help out all of our sponsors just by drinking some Breck Brew, throwing down a little Strava Craft coffee in the morning, making sure that you're placing fun and responsible bets on DraftKings. It helps us out. It helps you out. We're all having fun out here together, just celebrating the fact that we get to have sports this year, which, remember, was a question. So thank you all, otherwise, for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark.